Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. And welcome back to the So You Think You Can Ball podcast. We are continuing the part two of our one-on-one series with the man... Dan Frost, how are you today? Yeah, no, really, really good. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me back, Stacey. It's, um, yeah, really, really enjoying this series and um, yeah, looking forward to today. Yeah, so if any of you guys have just joined us, uh, make sure you go back and listen to part one of this uh, one-on-one with Dan here. Just to, we went through a lot of about um, you know where he grew up, um, what sort of sport we played, and and just some some stories, some really good stories around um, the successes and achievements on and off the field. But we want to talk about the present uh, and a little bit of the future today. So career and your studies away from sport and, and past jobs and what you're doing now, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess I, I first want to um, start by saying I, I was not a great student. So, um, yeah, obviously in the last episode we spoke about that chip on my shoulder. So, yeah, I, I sort of, yeah, I, I acted out a fair bit during my teen years. School really wasn't for me. So, um, yeah, did, didn't get, um, yeah, what wasn't wasn't particularly successful um, in the classroom, but but in saying that, I, I kind of knew that you know uh, at some point I needed to you know knuckle down and, and study because you know I wouldn't be able to sort of go out and do hard physical labour. Um, so a lot of the trades were sort of not an option for me. So um, so yeah, so where it all started is um, you know I, I, we spoke about in the last episode how I started that that business out out in the country uh, as, as a little kid. I was only twelve, so that was uh, that was quite an experience. And, um, yeah, you know, things were tough. So, you know, as soon as I could get a, get a job, um, I did, I think I had to get a a written uh, letter from my parents saying that I could work underage uh, at Hungry Jack's. So yeah, jumped in there at $7 an hour and worked there for a little while just to, just to get some money in for the business. Um, and then, yeah, my, my family sort of, they're, they're involved in a, uh, in a business themselves, um, in and around transport, actually. So for me, I was, um, you know, quite set up for, for when I left school. So, you know, that's why there was not a lot of pressure on me in terms of, in terms of my studies and things, because I kind of knew, you know, I had a, had a job there. And, you know, that's where I sort of first got my crazy management experience, because, you know, I went to school quite young. So I left year 12, finished all that at about 17. And uh, so for those of you that weren't listening to, haven't caught up on the last episode yet, uh, Dan actually started his own business at 12 years old, um, cattle, with cattle in a drought. Um, So we touched last time about how that sort of um, added to your experience moving into things. But what did you gain from having that experience at such a young age that you took with you after you finished school? Yeah, I I just, I I felt, um, I just felt like I could, I could sort of take, take things on and, and that, that was kind of my attitude is, you know, I went out into the corporate world, you know, being quite honest with myself, honest with myself, knowing that, you know, that there's a lot of things that I don't know. Um, but, you know, I just had the confidence that I'd be able to sort of figure it out. But yeah, when, when I sort of, when I sort of left school and, and went into that, into that role um, in transport, it was, it was not for me. From there, you know, I, I kind of knew that, um, yeah, the corporate life was where I wanted to, where I wanted to be professionally. So, um, just signed myself up for uni, but um, you know, I, I, I that was a that was a huge decision for me because um, I kind of you know growing up and, and going to a to a local public school, um, you know, I remember going in and, and speaking to the career 
counsellor at the time, uh, and I know things are very, very different now, but went and had a conversation and said, hey, you know, I'd like to sort of go to uni uh, to study business. And, you know, um, I was told that, you know, sort of people from our, our area and our school sort of don't typically go to university. You know, we sort of more, more go to TAFE and things like that. So hearing stuff like that, I, I just kind of, again, use that. that that's me. I, I just need sort of that chip on my shoulder. And I use it as ammunition to say, okay, well, you know, people don't think that I can do it. And, you know, um, so, so let's go out and give it, give it a, give it a go. And so I signed up to a, to a bridging course to get into my, in, into uni. So I highly recommend that for people that, you know, may not have got the marks they needed to in school. And, you know, there was two things, Stacey, that I couldn't do. I was hopeless at maths and I, and I couldn't write an essay. So they're the, they're the two courses that I picked as part of the bridging course. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a crash course in, in all things uni, but yeah, I was able to get, 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 uh, yeah, I was able to get through that, through that, and uh, and into the degree I I, I wanted, and um, yeah, I, I found I found you know studies you know really really challenging because um, you know I was working all day, um, do, doing big doing long days, and then driving over to the campus and then doing long hours of a night. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that grind of, of work and study. But um, you know, five years later, it was certainly worth it. W- walked out with um, the quali- qualifications I needed to, yeah, go out and, and uh, seek other opportunities. Yeah, I, uh, I'm experiencing pretty similar myself. You know, we spoke in our one-on-one about how I'm uh, doing my PE degree now. And, you know, I, I was pretty similar story to you. You know, I finished school, I didn't go to uni straight away. And, and then later in life, I realised I needed some sort of qualification. And, and it's, um, it, it's, it's hard. It's just hard, you know, especially, you know, trying to balance life growing up as an adult um, and then putting yourself in a situation where you have to go back and relearn things that you surely should know. Surely. You're like, yeah, I can do this. But reality is if you take a little bit of yourself back and go, well, look, yeah, fair enough. I've got to manage all of this now. And it's just a slog. So props to you. Props to you. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it, it is challenging. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of things you can bring to the table as a mature age student, you know, so we've got a few yeah, we've got, we've got a fair bit of experience that we can sort of bring to the table. But in saying that, you, you, you can't help but be envious of sort of those, those younger people going through uni that um, sort of may not have those responsibilities that can sort of solely focus on it. But, yeah, we was able to sort of get 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 through it. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I stayed on and did that extra year, um, you know, did, did a thesis and, and, and did some studies, which, again, really, really pushed me. Um, you know, was able to sort of get my first paper published, which... Um, yeah, it was just huge for me from someone that was told, you know, it really struggled in school. University is just, you know, not going to be a thing for you to sort of, sort of achieve that. Um, you know, that was, that was really, really good for me. Uh, and I signed up to do, do a PhD to do further studies, um, had the scholarship there ready to go. Um, I felt like I was going to sort of move into lecturing and things like that, but yeah, just, just got, um, yeah, just, just got, just spoke to, um, someone out, out in industry that recommended I apply for a, program in government and uh, put the application in and, and was able to get a, get a get my first sort of role which was at the treasury down in Canberra so you know picked up moved the family down there um, and uh, yeah um, you know for someone who, who'd sort of had a country life growing up and, and, and sort of growing up in and around Newcastle moving to Canberra was a big culture shock uh, I uh, didn't really know what I was uh, in for there. Oh, it's a different place it's a different place that's for sure spoken about your sporting career in the last episode how how hard was it to balance the work that you were doing in government which is obviously quite important uh, and your 
sporting achievements on the field. Like, you know, we spoke about your diagnosis with MHE. Uh, that takes a lot of time out from the body and all that sort of stuff. So how did you balance work and dealing with sport and then the post-sport recovery? Yeah, one of, one of the first things I, I did is I, I got out of Canberra. So one of the things I learned is the importance of having family and friends around. So I think, you know, you've all got to, we've all got to do it. Um, maybe if I had my time over again, I would have done something a little more fancy and gone overseas or something like that uh, to, to work. But, yeah, for me, you know, moving away made me realise the importance of having, you know, family and friends around um, for support. So, you know, I only lasted 12 months down in Canberra. I just wasn't a great fit. So I was able to sort of uh, make my way back to Newcastle um, and I was able to get a, uh, get a job with the NDIA um, who support people, um, you know, provide funding for people with a disability and then just... Um, you know, I, I guess one of one of the big things for me is just finding really, really good people to work with and work for, uh, because that's uh, that that's the key for me. Is that, you know, I, I've, I've you know, given my situation, I've really needed a, a supportive um, you know manager throughout my career, and and that's that's you know a piece of advice that I'd give anyone is it's just so important uh, to have someone that that's got your back and, and willing to support you. And in terms of how I managed it, um, yeah, it, it was it was really challenging. You know, I just had to. Uh, you know, find energy within myself, find my own sort of motivation to be able to sort of, you know, uh, knock out the 40 hours of government uh, work per week, uh, but at the same time make sure that I had a really uh, strict, um, you know, workout and, and recovery uh, schedule, uh, both morning and, and afternoons and, and going into night. So, um, yeah, it's just something that you sort of get used to, but, yeah, definitely, definitely challenging. And then uh, obviously, you know, now we're both in this in the world of parenthood, and that uh, that exhaustion that you pushed yourself to as a, a as a, when you were a bit younger really comes in handy. You know, it's two thirty four a.m. in the morning, and you have to get up the next day and go back to work and and do everything the same same. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a next level tiredness, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm try I try not to scare um, people away from parenting because. Uh, yeah, certainly one of the best things you'll do. But yeah, we've we've spoken about all all the crazy things we've done, the early mornings, the um, you know, the the, the crazy workouts and all day work, and then, and then going back and doing more work and recovery and things like that. Uh, it's definitely got nothing uh, on, on parenting, so um, it's just more of a, a, a mental battle. And um, so what advice would you give to any young athletes that are in a similar situation to you, whether um, suffering with some condition or, or just trying to manage sport and uni and work and, and all of the things? What advice would you give them? For me, one of the things that, that worked, worked quite well for me is, is I'm really, really competitive. So if, if I'm going to put so much time and energy into something, why not be the best? You know, like if you're – if you're going to make all of these sacrifices, why why do it at fifty percent? Why 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 be mediocre? For me, you know, there, there was there were so many sacrifices that that I've made in in I guess everything that I do. So um, you know, so if I'm going to do that, I, I want to give it everything I've got. So one of the things that worked well for me, and, and some advice for some some of the younger athletes out there, is to visualize the best player in the country in your sport in your competition. So. Visualize who they are and what they're doing and then just go and outwork them. So that's exactly what I did. So I had to think about, you know, in my sport, you know, who were the best players in the world? Um, you know, social media is a, a good thing. You can get a pretty good insight into some of the extras and some of the work that they're putting in. You know, what, what is your competition doing? What, what's, the, what's the, you know, when you look at your sport, you know, what are they doing? Uh, and then just go out there and outwork them. So it's literally go hard or go home, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's no, and for me, you know, putting in so much work, uh, just 
gives you so much confidence uh, on, on game day. You know, you, you you sort of you step out onto the field and and you've done so many repetitions, you've done you've put so much work in that it doesn't matter which way the game goes, you you feel comfortable that you'll be able to go out there and do a job. So um, and then it's the opposite of that. If you've underprepared, you certainly sort of feel that anxiety going into those games. So it works both ways, but. Yeah, for me that that was that was really really important. Understand, you know what what your competitors are doing, outwork them, and then that way, you know, come game day, you've, you're full of confidence. And 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 um, I've I've always found that that's the best way to perform is to be is to have that self confidence. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's a uh, you know I'm pretty certain it's a it's a Lombardi quote that it's like it's not the will to win, it's the will to prepare to win. You know, and it's really that preparation aspect of sport that, um, you know, people take for granted and, and don't give as much attention as they uh, as they probably should. But when you're talking about being an expert in your game, whether what level it is at, it doesn't really matter. But if you give it that time and that energy, um, then it will pay off on the field. And when we're thinking about your sporting career, do you have any regrets or have you, do we tick everything off? You know, we spoke early on in the last episode about how those dreams that you had you know, was shattered around mm. 10 years old. Did we, did you at least come close to ticking a majority of those off or is there anything that you do differently? Yeah. In terms of regrets, it's, it's really, really hard. I want to say that I, I regret not overruling the doctors and, and going out there and playing. But the reality is, is that, that just, uh, that just wouldn't quite be possible. You know, being a kid, you know, you just don't feel like you're in a position to, to advocate for yourself and, and, and sort of overrule overrule doctors. And at the end of the day, they're only trying to protect me. So I probably would have got myself in a little bit of trouble there. Um, look, in, ter- in terms of regrets, I, I've got a few. Um, you know, I, I found my sport really, really late. And, and I think there's a lot of athletes out there that are that have been in similar positions. You know, it's really, really hard to, you know, um, you know find the sport for you and then find that at an early age and have an entire career in that sport. And, you know, that, that that's quite rare. So, you know, one of my regrets is that, you know, I wasn't able to find it until later on. And, and you know when you do find it because, you know, you'll be you'll be playing other sports and you won't be good. You'll be finding everything awkward and difficult. And then suddenly you'll just walk onto a field in a particular sport and everything just feels right. Everything feels comfortable. And, and that's exactly how I felt with rugby league. You know, the second I stepped out on the field, everything just felt, everything just felt great. I, I knew where I needed to be, what I needed to do. And, um, yeah, I, I knew I sort of found my place. So my regret the is... The thing is, I think the interesting point that you're making there is that, you know, finding your sport late in life is actually really common for women, you know, and especially things like your rugby leagues and your contact sports that haven't been around for ages. So, you know, for any any 30-plus athlete out there that still hasn't found their sport, don't give up, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, There's definitely yeah, something out there. Absolutely. No, it's... um, you, you, you'll, you'll definitely find it. So... If we're looking back at those goals, what what is it that you want to achieve over the next couple of years? Yeah, so I'm retired now, so um, I think you know one of the one of the things I've been um, sort of dealing with over the last little while, and I think a few athletes sort of hit this once they retire is just being comfortable and, and accepting that. Um, so that's not easy. Um, it takes a lot, a lot of time, and I think you're always looking for that next challenge. Um, so in terms of goals, uh, my focus is, uh, you know, now in the network. So um, the So You Think You Can Ball podcast, you know, it, it's something that, you know, I'm really, really passionate about. So some goals there is just, you know, for me, it's just a matter of, um, you know, building building a community here 
um, of like-minded people. So I, I think we're, we're people that love our sport but recognise that there's just a few areas of our, of our sport that are, that are not really getting covered. Um, so we're hoping to, to sort of do that and we're hoping to do it in a, in a slightly different way. So for me, yeah, one of my key goals is to um, yeah, build, build a big network here, big community, and um, yeah, kick on from there. And I, you know, you know, I've spoken about this in the past before. You know, we we started really working on, you know, so using kick and ball. But you know, just for everyone else out there, like, like, how did how did this all come about for you? Yeah, so it, it's been a, it's been quite a few years um, in the making. I, I kind of um, always got the sense that you know this is something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I was first on the podcasting scene, listening to podcasts when they first came out, and. Um, you know, they've kind of consumed my life. I'm always sort of listening to different shows and, um, yeah, so, so I, I spent quite a lot, a lot of time just, um, getting a bit of a sense of, as to what was out there. And, um, over time I, I was, you know, I had a pretty good idea in terms of, you know, what, what was getting missed and I was sort of waiting for, for people to come in and sort of cover that and it just didn't Stacey. So I thought, you know, I, I, I might as well, um, you know, sort of come in and, and fill that void and, um, yeah, so, you know, for me, I, from, from the analytical side, I've been following sports for, you know, quite a while. Um, so I've done, you know, a fair bit of analysis, um, you know, on, on multiple sports. So, yeah, was very, very fortunate to be picked up by, um, you know, and a big shout out to another sports show. Um, so we'll give him a bit of a plug, but moving the chains and, and, and sweet and soured. Um, so, yeah, Jamie um, Sowie, yeah, he, um, he brought me on board as, as a producer. So I was able to sort of get involved there and, and that helped, uh, you know, just fuel the fire even more to sort of come in and, and come up with my own sort of concept, which, um, yeah, really, really excited about. And now that we've, you know, we're, we're obviously launching, what is the most exciting part about all of this for you? Yeah, the, the, there's so much. Um, I think there's, there's a few things. I, I'm really excited about our panel. Um, so I think, you know, um, you know, we've, we've been very um We've worked really, really hard to get a really, really strong panel together. So really excited uh, for for the listeners to to get all, all of the insight uh, from from the from the, the team that we, we've sort of built. Uh, we we think it's going to offer a different perspective on existing sports. So um, yeah, really, really excited about that that part of it. The other one is is um, sort of bringing um, some greater exposure to different sports. So uh, one in particular that I'm passionate about is women's rugby league. Um, so that that's one in particular I thought just hasn't quite had the coverage that it needs to. So here at our network, what we're looking to do is to, you know, sort of provide coverage um, at an equal level. So, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is to be talking about and and, and, and our network will be posting about, you know, the superstars in the NRL, such as Kaylin Ponger and James Tedesco. And at the same time, you know, doing the same in women's rugby league um, and not just the stars of women's rugby league as well. You know, we're, we're starting to improve that space with Isabel Kelly and Jess Sergis and a few others. But one of the things we're going to do with our network is we're going to dig into those state-level competi- competitions uh, because, you know, the, the fanatics in the sport from a male sport perspective know those players and we want to do the same in, in, in the women's game. So we're really, we're really excited about that. And, and the other side of it is the, uh, you know, the NFL uh, we, we, we feel like, uh, yeah, it's a really good opportunity to, um, you know, hopefully bring some, some new listeners in, in, into a sport. Um, so, if, you know, 
really welcoming um, first timers into the sport. Um, NFL, it's it's unlike anything you've probably followed before. And then for our existing, um, you know, fans of the NFL, you know, hopefully we can bring something a little bit different. Um, and then Stacey, the, the the last thing that I'm really really excited about is our one on one series where, you know, uh, you know, the platform we're on in terms of interviewing people and getting stories out there because I kind of feel like it only takes someone to and I've had this happen to me you know that that's how I've that's how I gain my own inspiration and my own creativity in terms of coming up with ideas and things that I want to achieve you've only got to listen to someone who's going through something similar to inspire you and you know it can change your life so um, I'm not going to say we're going to do that uh, for everyone but you know even if we're able to do that a few times you know that'll that'll make this whole thing worth it yeah for sure for sure. I'm super excited about, about all the future things that we've got planned for, for the network. If we uh, backtrack a little bit and uh, just touch back on um, just some of the topics that we're covering within the network. So we have spoken before that you are a uh, Knights fanatic. Uh, tell me who your favourite player is and why. Yeah, so yeah, so I do support the Newcastle Knights. I sometimes wonder why. Um, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely something that... Um, yeah, you don't choose. You just, you just, you know, you're born in Newcastle. You're a night supporter. But um, yeah, look for me, my, my favorite, my favorite player at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, Kalen Ponga. Uh, we have to say Kalen because we're we're desperate for him to sort of stick around with us longer term and and sort of stay clear of those uh, the All Blacks uh, in in rugby. So hopefully we can keep keep Kalen um, in the franchise for quite a while. But no, look, I'm. I try and study, you know, the whole squad, um, and, and there's a few players that are really um, sort of standing out at the moment. One in particular is, um, yeah, Connor Watson. Um, yeah, just really hoping that, um, you know, if, if people are going back and, and listening to this at a later date, that Connor Watson has been re-signed and he's a big part of our future because, um, yeah, I think I think the game's changing in rugby league. I think one of the one of the big things that we've seen with the new rules is that the need to almost have a second 5-8 at lock so that that small ball playing forward um, is becoming really, really important. And Connor's just that perfect player. You know, he's, he's um, you know, a few years ago you'd look at him and you wouldn't think think he's a, he's a lock that could compete with, you know, the big boys like Jason Tamalolo and things like that. But, yeah, the game's changed. Uh, he's very, uh, yeah, he's just got a lot of pace, bring, brings a lot of creativity to the team. So, yeah, he's a player I'm keeping an eye on. And then just back on Kalen Ponga, um, he's different uh, athletically. He's a... He's a unique player, but one of the things that we're all looking forward to is is what that next phase of his career looks like in terms of taking that next step up as him as a player, but also as a leader. You know, sometimes the best players in our game are not necessarily the most natural leaders. So I think that's what we're all anxiously waiting from. You know, all of the reports are positive in terms of in terms of how that's going, but you know, Kalen appears to be sort of a bit of a quieter guy, uh, but. You know, he doesn't mind sort of getting there and giving his team a bit of a, a bit of a rev up. So, yeah, if we can get a few players starting to play up to his level um, over the next few years, I, th- I think we can be quite successful. And what uh, what team are we supporting in the state competitions for the women's rugby league? Yeah, so in, in the NRLW, uh, well, look, I've I've got to stay, I've got to stay loyal to. Uh, the the Newcastle brand to the Newcastle Knights. So um, we've been anxiously waiting for a side to be put into the NRLW, which has happened. So we're really, really excited. 
Um, you know, obviously it's going to be a bit of a unique season with, with COVID and lockdown and things like that. So we've all got our fingers crossed that, um, you know, all of that is going to work out and, um, you know, our inaugural season can be quite successful. So again, for those listening back to this in the future, hopefully, you know, the, the Knights have, um, you know, been quite successful in that competition. Um, yeah, it, it's just great to see, you know, we, we've got a huge junior base here, um, yeah, always felt like we, we were more than capable of competing in that competition. So, yeah, uh, really, really looking forward to um, seeing the girls run out. And uh, do you have a favourite player at the moment in the NRLW? Yeah, I do. Look, it's a little bit tight because, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, we, we've, we've brought our coach on, Blake Green, who I think that's a great signing. Uh, for Such for, a great signing, yeah, for sure. For, for the women's club, you know, Blake... You know, he, he's been to quite a number of different clubs um, and, you know, he's, he's achieved quite a lot himself. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a fantastic coach. But, yeah, he's, he's come out and signed, uh, you know, a Caitlin Johnston, who, who's uh, my favourite player at the moment. Um, yeah, just to – just to yeah, it, it's going to be really cool for Caitlin because, you know, to, to be remembered as being the first ever player signed uh, to the Knights, you know, that's something that – um, I, th- I think, you know, she can look back on o- over the rest of her career. But, yeah, she's a local junior, a um, bit of a power forward, so really respect her game. Um, and then, yeah, Blake's obviously busy in the background trying to finalise more signings for the for the upcoming season. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing the complete roster. But, yeah, we'll be – the whole hunter will be behind Caitlin and really looking forward to seeing what she can achieve this year. It's so exciting. The, the expansion teams of concept is is – really exciting this year and I know that we spoke the other day about me not particularly having a team but I have I've done a little bit more research and I have decided that I'm I'm gonna put my flag up for the eels this year I just had a look at their uh their their roster and um it's looking good so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that and uh if we move in move further into the NFL space um you know part of the reasons why you and I get along so well is because we can just chat footy um, and there's not many people in Australia that you can have proper NFL conversations with who are on the same page and understand this, the same sort of language um, that we do. Um, it, but who's your team and who's your favourite player? Yeah, so usually when I have to tell people my favourite team in the NFL, I have to kind of have to kind of softly whisper it because it comes with a lot of baggage. Um, so yeah, like you, I'm a supporter of the New England Patriots, uh, but you know. Am I a bandwagon supporter? I don't think so. I've been following it since I was quite little. But, look, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. You know, following the, the NRL quite closely, um, my team has struggled quite a lot. <laughs> we we haven't had much success for 20-odd years. So when I first got into NFL and learnt the game, I, I was very keen to, uh, let's just say, support a successful team. So at the time, um, you know, Tom Brady uh, was just sort of starting out, you know, sort of one, maybe one, one, maybe two Super Bowls. So, yeah, I, I guess you'd, you'd probably call me a bandwagon supporter, but still was able to support them for for most of my life. And, um, yeah, I, I, ju- I just think it's been, it, it's been, it's been an incredible um, experience, you know, sitting back and, and watching what they've been able to do. Um, it, it's, it's very rare because in most sports you, you have great periods with your roster and then you have to tear the whole thing down and rebuild. You know, I, I don't think we've ever seen... Uh, well, it's quite rare where you're able to just plug in a player like Tom Brady and it just doesn't really matter what's around him. You know what I mean? There's been seasons where he's had 
elite talent where, you know, they, they... – You're talking your Edelman, your Amendolas, you know, all those kind of guys there and, and Gronk, obviously, like, you know, and then to go – to not have any of that and still be able to pull off what he did is just – it's oh, you just can't – there's no words. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you can kind of – you know, in most sports, you can look at your roster at the start of the season and be like, right, we're going to be a chance, we're going to do okay, we're going to be competitive. With the Patriots supporting them, it didn't matter. You know, it really didn't matter. You know, so we, we had good teams, we had bad teams. Um, you know, the greatest team that we've ever had actually lost the Super Bowl. And then some of our worst teams actually went on and won a Super Bowl. So it was quite a confusing uh, franchise to support. But at the end of the day, um, I was always on the couch on Super Bowl uh, morning here in Australia. Um yeah, just just yeah, watch, watching the Patriots most seasons. But look, in terms of my favourite player at the moment, obviously with Tom, moving on, still follow him from a distance and respect his game. But it'd have to be uh, Dante Hightower, our, our, our linebacker. Oh, no. So mm. we, um, we had a tough season last year where we had a lot of uh, opt-outs. So, you know, uh, for those that are really across the sport, you know, all the players were giving, given an opportunity to sort of step away from the game with obviously the COVID situation and things. So Dante... Um, decided to do that along with a host of uh, Patriots players, I think about eight or nine. Um, and he's really like our captain on the defensive he's side. He's such a leader, such a leader. He, he, he really does fit that, that linebacker position and uh, takes charge when he's on there and it's definitely missed when he's not, for sure. Yeah, he's an Alabama boy who I like to follow in the college game as well. But, uh, no, look, it's just, you know, there was a lot of people that sort of said that, you know, New England's defence uh, took a step back last year and I couldn't help but think, yeah, of course, our best players aren't there. So, um, you know, there was, uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about him coming into the preseason. I think he's got a point to prove. Sport's a funny thing. If, if you step away, even if you're, you know, even if you're one of the one of the great players, if you step away for one year, it's almost as if people start to forget about you. And I, I think, um, yeah, he'll be able to prove a point and hopefully uh, get the Pats back to where we need to be and, and at least into the playoffs. And uh, what's your what's your feel on the Cam Newton-Mac Jones situation? Is Cam going to yeah. be around for a while or, or it's, no? It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, I think one of the things that makes it, most, makes it most challenging is that they're polar opposites, which is never ideal. So in an NFL system, you know, it's okay to have, you know, two quarterbacks fighting it out. It's, it's not ideal, but it does happen from time to time, depending on... You're looking, you're talking Rodgers and Favre, for example, you know, like that that whole that whole mess between those two lasted for years and they were not the best of buddies, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, it can get a little bit messy, but if you do it right, you know, a lot of the times you, you try and, you know, bring a couple of guys in that are quite similar. That way you don't have to change your whole scheme. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's most concerning about the Patriots is that, you couldn't get two completely different players if you tried. Uh, for those at home, if you just want to do a quick uh, Google of Cam Newton and Mac Jones, physically they are very, very, very different. In fact, I hope Mac... But Mac Jones is, is very similarly physically to Tom Brady, you know. He is. That, that, that photo of him after he won the championship, you know, he's there with, you know, he's got a bit of a bit of a belly hanging out, smoking a cigar, just looking like a dude that doesn't look like an NFL quarterback and yet here we are when you're looking at Tom Brady as well you know one pick 199th and and you know nothing on him yeah yeah no look after after Tom it, it's, it's hard to really commit to a quarterback all, all I'd say is that Cam's really really struggling physically he's really struggled to throw the ball so I think I think he would do really really well to hold his spot for, for the season I think that would be a really big surprise so I think it's a matter of if not when but it's not to say that Mac is, is an absolute, you know, game changer. He's going to have to put a lot of work in 
Um, he doesn't have, you know, that elite talent that, that a lot of the other big prospects have got. So, you know, it's all up to him, to be honest. Yeah, we spoke about that belly of his. He's going to have to get in the gym, work hard, and hopefully gets a little bit of inspiration from Cam. But, yeah, one of the challenging things, I think it might disrupt our season because if we go halfway through with Cam and then we're predominantly running the ball um, and then we sort of, you know, bring bring Mac in, I think we're going to have to change things quite a lot, which, which could be quite disruptive. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, but... In answer to your question, I, I think Mac's going to get him um, sort of halfway through the season and then fingers crossed he's our guy, but only time will tell. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that rounds us out. I think that's all the time we've got for today. Oh, I, I, we could, I spoke about this last time. We could just talk football for hours and hours and hours. But I wanted to say thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show and, and obviously everything that you're doing for the network. Obviously, if you didn't know by now, Dan is our producer and host of So You Think You Can Ball. Um, so thank you so much for opening up about all aspects of your life. Um, and, yeah, I just, we just can't wait to, k- to k- kick this all off and, and, and get going. No, it's uh, really exciting times. And, uh, yeah, we're just really looking forward to, to growing the network. So if you're listening to this and, and, and you're enjoying it and you're enjoying the episodes that are coming out, um, just please just, just go out and, and tell a friend, tell your family about it because, um, you know, that, that's, that's the best way for us to grow at this point in time is word of mouth. So if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy what we're doing here, please go out and tell people. And, um, yeah, we promise to keep working hard over here. All right, guys, that's it for today. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on So You Think You Can Ball. You can download uh, this episode wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.